Salut, you're listening to the Just French It podcast. I am Marie, I am a native French teacher and I'm here to help you learn French. C'est parti. Today is French National Day, the 14th of July, le 14 juillet. And I thought it was the perfect occasion to talk about one French historical event that you definitely need to understand to understand France. And that's the French Revolution. So sit back and let me tell you the story of what makes the French French. The French Revolution started in 1789. So what happened and why is that important? Well, before the French Revolution, French society was divided in three categories. There were the nobility, les nobles en français, la noblesse. Those were people with a title. They were people who were born into nobility, the sons of dukes and such. Or they were people who got a title from the king. You could, for example, get one if you had been especially instrumental on the battlefield. And having a title got you privileges, but also duties. But typically, the title came with a castle and land, giving you power and money. And you had to go at war with the king if the king went at war. That's your duty. Now, the second group was the clergy, l'église en français. Those were the people who had religious functions, Catholic religious functions. This is a group that you actually joined. Typically, you became a nun or monk, and then you were in the poor part of the clergy. Over you were the people who were the second or third sons of nobles, who couldn't inherit the title, and who belonged to the rich part of the clergy. But yeah, that was the, cl the clergy, l'église. And then at the bottom of this society hierarchy, you had le tiers état, the third state. And that's basically everyone else. Everyone that is not a noble or that doesn't belong to the clergy belongs to the third state. That's 98% of the population. So big, big, big majority there, and that's important. This third state are the workers. And traditionally, we think of them as poor people. But So yes, he was the peasant. But he was also all of the kinds of workers. Administrative workers, businessmen, teachers, sellers, farmers, etc. I prefer to think of them as producers, people who make stuff. Because some of those people are extremely wealthy. Trade has become a thing, and when you trade in 18th century France, you become wealthy. And so you have families of businessmen who are extremely wealthy, sometimes much more than the nobility. Problem is that this third group is basically financing everything. They were the producers of goods and services, and so they were the one paying taxes. They were the one financing the wars and the extravagances of the king. Except they didn't have much political power. They didn't have a big say in what actually happened at the state level. So I think you can picture what's already been brewing for a couple of centuries there. There are tensions, a lot of tensions. And on top of that, there are also new ideas circulating around. Ideas of freedom, of equality, and of general social changes. People like Jean-Jacques Rousseau or Montesquieu are quite popular. Basically, It's becoming trendy to be critical of current society and of proposing something different. And on top, on top of that, 
well, there is an idiot on the throne, to put it mildly. The king, Louis XVI, is just not a leader, and his wife, Marie-Antoinette, well, she's basically the modern equivalent of a fashion influencer. And so however good-intended they might have been, they just aren't right for the role. And on top, on top, on top of that, the weather's acting up. Crops are not doing well, and we get a food crisis. Bread is getting expensive. Poor people are going hungry. So you can say that in 1789, people are not happy. So when the king decides to bring together all political representatives to try and find solutions to all of that, but that he doesn't do it in a very genuine way, it all explodes. First with political acts, and then with revolutionary violent acts. One of them being the storming of La Bastille, the Bastille. The Bastille is a political prison, and so the storming of the Bastille has two objectives. First, to set free the opponents of the king, because, yeah, they probably are friends if they don't agree with the king. And two, well, to get weapons. In a prison, they are usually weapons. Now, it's going to be a relatively easy win for the revolutionaries. The storming is not really an important military victory. What makes it stand the test of time and why we remember it still today, it's because it's symbolic. The revolutionaries are going to decapitate the governor of the prison, kind of a trend at that time. The, the governor of the prison was a noble. And then once they actually win the Bastille, they control the king's prison and they control a lot of weapons as well. And this is going to make the king react. So far, he was, you know, fighting the revolution. And at that stage, he's going to try to agree to try something else. Not very genuine, once again, but he's going to try. And so this fact that the revolutionaries got the king to agree to something makes that story of the storming of the Bastille really fit the ideas of the revolutionaries. The story of the Bastille is going to travel all around France after that, and it's going to be like the, the poster of French Revolution. Now, the storming of the Bastille is not the end of the revolution. It's just the very beginning. The story of the Bastille is just the beginning. The rest of the story of the revolution is just pretty complicated. Revolutions usually are pretty complicated and they're usually pretty messy times as well. So to make it short for you, power is going to change hands a lot. People realize they actually don't agree with each other over what should be done. And so that opens the door to a lot of sketchy behaviors and power-hungry dictators. To give you a very brief conclusion, the first French Revolution ends up reforming France in a very deep way. Now, before the French Revolution, France is a, an absolute monarchy with a powerful king who is the master of everything and everyone. After the French Revolution comes the First French Republic. We guillotine the king and the queen, and we put a lot more power in the hands of the general population. Nobility doesn't give you privileges anymore. We also separate the state and the church, so France is no longer ruled by religion, and this is very important. Now, let me clarify some things. We still had kings after the French Revolution. <laughs> the French Revolution even permitted Napoleon to later become an emperor. So this is not the end of dictatorship and rulers in France. This is also not the only French Revolution, just the first one. But what's more important than facts here, it's the idea that 
the French Revolution became in the heads of French people. This first revolution is thought of as the beginning of France as it is today. And when French people go in the streets, it's because of this idea that we have, that the people made France. People were the revolutionaries. And the power belongs to the people. And the people can take it back. So the rulers better watch out and do what we want, right? <laughs> Now, for French people, this revolution was based on the idea of equality. And that's another big one for the French, making people equal. And to give you an idea of the importance of that, it's the birth of the Declaration of the Rights of Men and the Citizen that starts like this. Human beings are born and remain free and equal in rights. So yeah, pretty powerful. And that's why today in France, we generally like the underdog. We cheer for the uprising. We critique everything. Because that's the historical foundation on which we built our nation. And that's why the French Revolution is definitely one historical event that you should know more about. Now, if you found this episode interesting and if you want to improve your French a little bit more every week, I invite you to join the Sunday French newsletter. It's free and the link is in the description of this podcast. As for me, I say to you, à la prochaine.